0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is, uh, what is today? Well, it's the middle of February. Actually, it's a little past the middle of February because there's only 28 days this month. But there's a lot going on, actually, this week, surprisingly. A a bit more than, I don't know, the average week or whatever. So we'll just dive right in. Uh, If you haven't checked it out yet, Apex Legends is a wonderful game. I've been playing the heck out of it, and it is setting all sorts of records or whatever. 25 million users now. Probably more than that because that was a couple days ago. Uh, hitting up the Twitch, and it's it's doing really well, and I quite like it. It's free to play, although the skins, if you're going to buy them, are very expensive, so um, just be cautious if you get too addicted to it. But one of the big news items of the week is that Amazon bought Aero, and if you're not familiar with them, they are a router, effectively a mesh router network, and Amazon now owns them. I mean, it makes sense because it fits like the missing piece of the puzzle sort of for Amazon because they already have the smart connected devices and all that, And now they have an easy solution that is uh, loved by its users to connect to the internet all over your home. Now, the question becomes, is people are getting a little nervous because now Amazon, one, is competing with every other consumer-based router company out there. Two, they're also going to get a lot more information about you. And so they're building up that profile of the user. And so for some people, they get a little bit freaked out about that. And I completely understand why. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with other companies. But yeah. Amazon bottom. Um, one of the things that I scooped this week that was uh, that, that is coming to Microsoft Teams is, so right now, and you can even do this in Skype, is you can blur the background. Uh, Microsoft just rolled that off for Skype, but it's already available for Teams. And what they're doing next is actually the next logical iteration. It's going to allow you to replace the background, which is pretty neat, and it's a good idea. The, the thing here that kind of makes me interested is, is what happens when you team it up with things like game streaming? Because we all know that some people will buy, like if you're a a dedicated streamer, you buy a green screen background. But if Skype and Teams and all that can just kind of natively crop out the background without that extra overhead, pretty good idea. And if they bring it to the Xbox and make it a very console-friendly setup, that's a pretty big deal. I, I I don't know if Microsoft is planning on bringing it to the Xbox platform, but they already have the technology, they have the ability. It's just a matter of time and if they actually want to do it. So keep your eyes open for something like that. Uh, another thing that popped up on my radar this week is we got a new code name called Pegasus, and it fits into the family of devices like Centaurus and even a little bit of Andromeda. But from my understanding is Centaurus is like the foldable hinge display devices uh, that, is ru- that are running Windows Lite. And then Pegasus are code names for devices that are running uh, Windows Lite but are like a traditional laptop. So uh, if you hear those names floating around, that should hopefully give a little bit more clarity about how Microsoft is looking at Windows Lite. But yeah, it should be um, it should be interesting. Now the question becomes: Is where does Andromeda uh, sit? And so Centaurus, from my understanding, is the larger device. Andromeda is more of a phone factor, phone phone form factor device, and then um, Pegasus is just you know the laptops. So, from what I keep hearing about Andromeda is that the project's not dead. It's just not, it just doesn't have a shipping date. And so, which means that Microsoft is just, it's keeping it in its lab. It's still working on it. It's creating iterations and revisions of the hardware. And if they find a right time and reason, they will ship it. But it's not like they just said, hey, that whole project is dead. It's just that, from my understanding, it's that it doesn't have a ship date or a release date. It's just kind of being tinkered with as time goes on. There you go. There's some uh, code names for you for the week. Uh, Microsoft has a browser dilemma. I don't know why this took so long for me to realize this. So right now, Microsoft ships with every version of Windows 10. They have Internet Explorer, and they also have Edge. And we also know that they're working on new Edge, which is Edge, but is based on the Chromium browser rendering engine. So that kind of raises the question of what happens when they start shipping the new version of Edge. Are they actually going to ship Windows 10 with Internet Explorer, old Edge, and then new Edge. The reason why is for three three plus years, Microsoft's been telling corporate clients, hey, ditch Internet Explorer, build your intranets for Edge, and everything will be good. Except now that it's not good because Edge is going away. And so what are they going to do for all those people who actually built websites for their, their corporate clients that are actually running, that, that render well in Edge, not Internet Explorer, potentially not even well in Chromium? Interesting kind of little issue here. One thing they could do is introduce a compatibility mode with uh, the new Edge, although that's additional overhead that they may not want to add to a browser and just kind of maybe they just cut their their losses and just drop Edge and just only ship Internet Explorer and new Edge. I don't know, but it would be kind of funny if Microsoft shipped a version of Windows with three different but somewhat unique browsers. We'll we'll find out here. Um, It is still my understanding that uh, Edgeium, as I like to call it, is, and that is the new version of Edge, is still in the very early development phase. It is being tested in the Canary Ring inside of Microsoft at this time, but I don't have a date for when it's going to be showing up outside. Uh, And then the other big item this week, which is raising a lot of eyebrows, uh, Microsoft shipped a new build of Windows 10. Not a big deal. But here's what is really odd, is that they told us explicitly that this build of Windows 10 is from the 20H1, which means that this build that they released today, when it's finalized, will not ship until about a year from now. So we got a couple things going on. We have 19H1, which is the thing that they are wrapping up now that they're hopefully going to be shipping this spring. They've already told us that there's 19H2, which is the second update or the fall release of Windows 10. And then we also know of 20H1. And so the question here is, like, what is going on? Uh, We have, where is 19H2? Now, in their blog post, they explicitly said that they will be shipping 19H2 builds to Fast Ring users uh, later this spring. Now, you got to kind of really pay attention because spring technically doesn't start until March 20th. Now, is it late spring that they're talking? Because that would mean it was potentially after build, which happens in early May. So there's a couple things going on here, but then we also have this skip ahead ring, which is now running on 20H1. It's kind of a confusing mess. And the thing that's weird is for the 20H1 branch, they said the reason we're doing this is that we need an extended testing window for new features that are coming. Okay, I can buy into that, but they didn't introduce any new features in 20H1 yet that are actually being tested. So we don't really know. This was really just a release that had no new features, some bug fixes, and that's really about it. So the question is, is what is going on with 19H2? Here's my theory. I'm trying to poke around and see if I can actually figure out what the real answer is. My guess is that they have some features or some things they want to announce for that, and that they might be waiting until build, because build happens in early May. If you look at their verbiage, literally, it says later this spring, so late spring would be after build. If they don't introduce any 19H2 updates now, they can hold some of those features back and have somewhat of a conversation at build about new features coming in Windows 10 that don't get unveiled through the insider program. That is my only logical guess at this time. Um, I would love to know what you guys think, if you have any ideas about why Microsoft is just now shoving out 20H1 builds. And keep in mind, if you jump into that skip ahead ring and you download that 20H1 build, you can't go back unless you flatten your machine or or format it or, or, you know, completely reset it. So, It's a little bit of an odd setup here, and they're not being, in in traditional Microsoft sense, they're not being completely transparent about what is happening, but that's what you should need, that's what you need to know, and we will find out in due time what is going on. So, a bunch of questions this week, which I I want to dive into, love the questions, Uh, Mr. PKI Frequent Commenter says... If all of Windows is now under Azure, who is focusing on the Xbox gaming platform, which is a specific port of Windows 8 and Windows 10? This is a good question because Microsoft hasn't made it clear about who is responsible yet for the OS that is running on here. I don't actually know. I tried to figure this out. My guess is that it's under Phil Spencer's team because I would imagine he would want to be a man of his own destiny. But the thing that keeps me thinking that may not be true is that it's got to be a cross-collab between Xbox and Windows. The reason why I say this is because they have this thing called Game Core, which is going to make it significantly easier to build games for Windows and Xbox, which means it can't be isolated to just the Xbox environment. It's a good question. Uh, Sergeant Pepper says, several Centennial apps like screen to gif are now available on the Surface Hub. Another Centennial app, the Windows File Manager, is now available on HoloLens, Hub, and even Mobile. So does this mean Core OS support Win32 since Next Jam Hub And HoloLens runs it. This is a very interesting idea because Microsoft has been kind of reducing the value of the store. It used to be a very strict requirement about what got you into the store and what kept you out. And now we are seeing all these Win32 apps starting to show up on other Microsoft products. And they're kind of walking back a little bit on what they enable. I think this narrative is still materializing. I think we're going to see something with maybe Windows Lite that will help clarify which we'll talk about here, I think in a minute from based on some other questions, but this is something to watch. This is one of those things that I look at and say, yeah, that all makes sense. And what is Microsoft doing here? But we don't fully know the answer. This is a communication thing that Microsoft hasn't clarified. At least I don't know if they have. And so, so does does this mean CoreOS supports Win32 since the next gen HoloLens and everything else runs it? We'll find out soon enough. Next gen HoloLens will be announced in about two weeks. And uh, yeah, Uh, Will R says, Hi Brad, Xbox question. Is the next gen Xbox, is Microsoft finally going to really push DirectX 12 on developers? It'd be pretty depressing to see DX11 games on the next gen Xbox. So, I believe that is correct, is that DX12 is going to be a priority. Now, that being said, Microsoft always makes a ton of caveats for the first generation games that come out on the platform. So, wouldn't it surprise me if we see, again, a hybrid DX11, DX12 launch title uh, initiative, but it is my understanding that DirectX 12 is where Microsoft is headed. You guys got to remember, this thing is called the Xbox. It was originally called the Direct Xbox. Microsoft uses this thing to highlight DirectX, and so that would be my understanding of where they are pushing it. Tourniquet says, is 19H2 a feature two kind of thing? Did Microsoft change the way it develops the fe- future versions of Windows? So this is a good, this is kind of what I was talking about be- before. Uh, I... The first thing that popped into my head when I saw that they were doing this is that they were moving to one feature update per year. We don't know that yet. And it could be possible. It could be possible that they come out and say, hey, 19H2 is just going to be a patch release every year. And maybe that's the model. Maybe 19H1 is going to be where features get uh, delivered and 19H2 is going to be when patches get delivered. It used to be that the larger features shipped in the fall. Now, the one thing that would build add value or whatever, build upon that idea is that Microsoft supports the fall releases for 30 months for the enterprise. So it would make sense that the fall would become the patch and fix and make everything more stable update rather than the introduce new features. Maybe that's what they're doing. So maybe that is what they are doing. Uh, BDSRF says, Brad, do you think, do you, or Brad, do you have a switch? If not, why? And what do you think of it? I would, I kind of want a switch. Uh, <laughs> I think Nintendo's got a great product. I really do. Um, I've got a busy travel season coming up and it would be kind of fun to grab a Switch and throw it in the, in the bag for the back of the airplane. Um, I haven't decided yet. And I think my wife would kill me because I already play Apex Legends enough. But on a plane, especially a couple trips to Seattle and New York coming up and uh, I got to go to Miami and to Washington, D.C., it could, be, it could be a nice, neat little addition to the bag. Um, I, I, I love what Nintendo is doing. I think the Switch is doing well for Nintendo. I'm happy for them. And do I want one? Yes. Have I spent the, what are they, 300 bucks, give or take, something like that to get everything you need? Um, I have not, not bought one yet. An old Amiga asks two questions. He says, do you recommend an alternative keyboard for iPhone? I had forgotten how much the stock one sucks. So here's my, here's the problem. Um, there's a lot of good third-party keyboards, uh, SwiftKey, you've got Gboard, uh, there's a bunch of them out there. The problem is in iOS, it's still a pretty bad experience. They, Apple hasn't really done the diligence to let true replacement happen, because, for example, if you change the color of the keyboard, especially on a device from the I, whatever iPhone X or XS, the bottom part does not change color with it, so then you have this really ugly gray bar at the bottom. And there's still some issues about when the keyboard pops up, um, although those have gotten better over time. But do I recommend one? I mean, go try them out if you're on iOS. But I can tell you right now that if you're on uh, an iPhone X or XS, actually, the XR probably has the same problem as well. It, it looks really bad. Um, it, it just doesn't look good. So that annoys me. Uh, his other question says, any idea when Windows Lite might arrive? I believe, last I heard, is that they were going to talk about it at build. As for when it will ship... That is a good question. I don't quite know. They've got to get uh well they've got to get some hardware out running the OS, because you're not gonna to want to load this thing onto your desktop. Potentially you could load it onto your older laptops or surface. Oh, I think it would work really well out of Surface Go. Uh that would be kinda of interesting actually. Uh, Luke says, today's 20H1 release states that 19H1 will move to the release preview ring next when it's nearly ready for release. Slow ring isn't mentioned at all and hasn't had any builds in a very long time. Is the wind inside or slow ring unofficially dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Microsoft won't ever admit it because I'm sure they need it for something, but I suspect that the user base is extremely low. And they haven't done a good job of defining the difference between the slow ring and the release preview ring now i say that because they'll come back and say well the slow ring is just a more stable version of the fast ring that will come out before the release previews do which makes sense but the problem is they don't utilize it in that fashion um my gut tells me that when they ship a new build they want the largest base possible which is always going to be the fast ring and putting it in the slow ring the data that they get back is probably so minimal that it's not actually helping them stabilize the build would be my guess Uh, and then Usman says is there any further information on the surface ambient device How does it fit into the Surface brand and scenario will fit considering they've lost the smart home market? So I know quite a bit more about this device now and I'm not quite ready to write it up yet, but I can tell you it's not so much, well, it is a device. It's if if what I was told about the ambient device and what I've uncovered since are the same thing, which I think they are, uh, it's not so much a smart speaker, at least that is my understanding yet, but it is expected to be an ambient device that helps. So uh, don't read into that too much. Just trust me on that. It, it's much, if I'm right about what I think the ambient device is versus whatever else. Um, and I could be crossing two different product streams here. This is why I'm not ready to write it up. It's much less exciting, but it's much more useful uh, and something you're more likely to buy. It's not a, from my understanding, it's not a smart speaker, at least not yet. Uh, if Again, this is the challenge is I don't know if I'm crossing streams on this stuff or not. So that's why I haven't written it up yet. Uh, that about wraps it up for today, folks. I'm uh, just knocking one out. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button, do all the good stuff, and have yourselves a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you right back here next time on Zsams Report.